What's going on, everybody? Welcome to What the Funcast, episode 95. We're closing in on 100. Get ready. It is October 27th, a Tuesday, in fact. The first October that it feels like we've recorded. But uh, is this the first October? No. First day of October? No, we record October 7th. So it's only been one week. That's it? One week? Are you kidding me, Paul? Do you know the difference between the 7th and the 27th? It's uh, been yes, three that is weeks. Two weeks, in fact. Two weeks? It's We recorded the 7th. We missed the 14th, the 21st, and here we are on the 27th. Okay, yes, it's been three weeks. Dawn of the third week. We're here. <laughs> it is the third week. There has been almost 21 days. A week is seven days. I would say joining me is this person, <laughs> but he is, someone allowed this critical man onto my show. Paul can't count. Fire him. I'm Ahmed, and I know how to count. I passed math. Not calculus, but math. <laughs> I don't even know how to read. <laughs> anyway, That's okay. He's... Yes. Welcome to episode 95. I know you missed us. Um, yeah, we missed you too. Don't lie to yourself. It has been quite some time. We've been a little bit busy. Mainly Paul's been a little we bit really busy. Have. But I have been busy. Everything's been busy. I feel like oh, I'm so tired. Life is exhausting. I don't know. I took time off. Uh, I got married. Ooh, Ahmed married me. Congratulations. I did. Um, yeah, literally, yeah. So we were supposed to get married this year. And obviously that didn't happen because of COVID. And we have a lot of family that needs to travel uh, lengthy distances. So anyway, we, we decided to postpone our wedding to next year. And then kind of on a whim, we decided let's, let's get married on our back deck. I was going to say patio or porch, but that sounds worse than what it is. We have a very nice deck in, at our house. So we, um, and it's a pretty big size deck. So we had just immediate family and Ahmed came and officiated and it was very nice. And now we're legally married. Still going to have our big wedding next year. Um, but now we can, you know, get all the little benefits of being married and stuff like that health insurance all that good stuff i want to so. clarify because i feel like until you said officiated everyone's like wait they get married to each other no no no. i performed the wedding for paul and his now wife we did not get actually married although we were married on facebook for a short a short stint in college but that's listen it. this is not your fan fiction we are not married but <laughs> yes lauren yes. is my wife someone was like oh your wife i was like hello what is that word you speak? Honestly, I can't wait. Sounds so weird. Like I feel like I'm really happy for you because now you can be like my wife, like in the Borat voice and everything. Like, what? Stop <laughs> the Borat voice. Oh God, we need to talk about that movie. Not that you've seen it, but I have. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, so it's it's good. It's good stuff. Um, I have a ring on my finger now, which kind of feels weird, but it's all good stuff. And it was a very very nice day. And um, it was. It was perfect weather. It was good. There's obviously not a lot of people because it was just our immediate family, which was nice. And then we, uh, it was good. It was a good time. But going back to what you were saying before, we had a great day and everything. But Borat, subsequent <laughs> movie film came out. And we all know I have been very hyped for that. So I know Borat is very weird humor, very crude humor. Um, yeah, crude humor is probably the best way to put it. But anyway, I don't know. I got a real kick out of the first Borat movie. I thought it was funny. Once again, crude humor. I realized some of the jokes are more insensitive even now than they were uh back then um just based on i don't know you like look it's like even we're watching glee still right so we're going yeah. through glee and some of the stuff they say in glee i'm like hello like <laughs> that's really not okay and like sue sylvester jane lynch uh will just say something and like no one reacts i'm like hmm really okay uh <laughs> and that's kind of how borat is but this movie i don't know lauren doesn't like borat so I watched this, like, the minute I got done with work on Friday, I ran upstairs, turned it on, and watched it. And it was, like, it actually, like, the first movie was just, like, it was almost like Jackass, where it was a bunch of, like, little stints, or stints or stunts, whatever you want to call them, skits, I guess, even, to some extent, that people weren't clued in on. Um, but there are all these little pieces, like, pieced together, whereas the second one, as stupid as the plot was, it had, like, a string to it. Like, it was strung along well enough that it was an actual movie. And they introduced a his his daughter, who is played by, oh my gosh, is her name really Maria Bakalova? I feel like wait, hold on. That sounds like a Maria fake name. Maria Bakalova. <laughs> okay. Bakalova. Uh, but every time my eyes read it, I'm like, oh, Bakalova. So, uh, she was really good, and she like is the perfect partner for for uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character in the movie. So, anyway, the skit the the the. The whole movie is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that they got Rudy Giuliani on the show, like, I guess somewhat of a spoiler, 
but you've probably seen the news at this point. Rudy Giuliani got got, and <laughs> they pretty much really did, did like an interview with him, and he thought it was like a real thing. And yeah, so go watch the movie. That's like the final scene of the movie. Um, but the whole thing is like all these little stunts, and it's very, very politicized to the extent of it's like a movie that ends with "Go vote, please." And it's good. It came out yeah. perfect timing. No one really knew it was happening. That when the trailer came out with uh, with Borat dressed up as uh, Trump with a girl over his arm, who was his daughter, um, over oh his arm or whatever, it just came out. When the trailer came out, it just started to come out that oh hey, that Trump imposter was Sasha Baron Cohen dressed as Borat uh, at that Mike Pence rally, however long ago it was. So no one really knew that the movie was being done. So. Yeah. Good on Sasha Baron Cohen for putting this together, and then Amazon for picking it up and releasing it pretty much two weeks, week and a half before Election Day. Yeah, they um, – so I, like, I, I never saw the first Borat, but I know that Sasha Baron Cohen has the show on Showtime, I think it is, called Who is America, where it's basically like he, he dresses up in these like super elaborate prosthetics and costumes and wigs and like just goes and like does stupid shit. And I imagine that this movie is very similar to that, where it's – like him basically trying to back people up into a corner to make them say dumb things um, or like just see how they react or whatever. So it's like half prank show, half like, wow, this is really what that person thinks. He like makes them feel comfortable enough to, to show their true colors, kind of like they did with Rudy Giuliani. So I wouldn't say it's so much crude humor as it is like it's for me, at least it's just embarrassing to watch because I'm like, I don't know how he puts himself in these situations. I would crack so easily. Like, I don't understand like it's it's just really uncomfortable for me to watch but so yeah yeah, yeah i agree 100 percent. so the whole thing with the with the rudy giuliani thing i don't know how she didn't crack but they like fully were in character and like talking like they were normal producers for i guess it was the oan oan network or whatever but anyways yeah. some some network that i didn't i didn't recognize but i know is as popular like an online uh network but whatever anyways i, I don't know how they did that and then there's an outtake that they didn't include where she got right into uh, the, the White House and didn't get tested for coronavirus or anything. Like, one of the briefings. And walked right in, saw, I think it was, uh, may have been Don Jr., Eric Trump, one of the two. And, like, shook his hand or whatever. And I was like, hello? Like, if this doesn't amplify that <laughs> there's something wrong, where, like, some right. random person, I mean, God forbid they could go in with, I don't know, bombs or a gun or something and, and cause harm. I mean, just like that. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to see some of that stuff um, and how it unfolds. And it's definitely embarrassing, uh, secondhand embarrassing. There were some yes. things where, I, I don't know, like a lot of it, what I will also say, and I was, I was kind of disappointed that a lot of the movie was given away through the trailers. So, you know, I watched the one or two trailers that they put out and that gave away like a lot of the funny parts of the movie, but I also don't know how you show a trailer with without showing, you know, some of the better parts. So it's definitely worth a watch. It's an hour and a half. It was funny. And yes, definitely secondhand embarrassing. But crazy also to see exactly what you said because he like <laughs> he like convinced these people to like let him live with them uh, for a night or two or whatever, and he's like you know he asked like st stupid stuff that there's a lot of stereotypes out there of people that are like this where he's like okay so what is worse this virus or the Democrats and they're like <laughs> the Democrats and it's like just with like there's a lot of it's like it's like saying something with no basis is what a lot of the movie is about and. And there's these people that that play along. There's people that I think have no idea. Um, anyway, it's yeah, it's good it's stuff. Very, it's funny. It's it's political commentary in in the weirdest lens possible. I think it is what it is. Right. But, well, it's like yeah. those. It's like those uh, journalists or even like Trevor Noah's people or some of the other people that go on both sides. Where it's like they go talk to people at like a Biden rally or people at a Trump rally, and they like say some exorbitant thing, and they come back with some exorbitant response. Where it's like totally off the walls. Where it's like. Well, Trump this or uh, Obama that, and it's just like people get into the silo of like, I'm gonna believe nothing but my little bubble of knowledge, and that's yes. only uh, no one's gonna ever be able to persuade me otherwise. Anyways, people are crazy. <laughs> it's the bottom line. I don't want to get into politics. So, um, what else did we do? I watched uh, more Glee. We're on season four, which are see are, are episodes I've never seen before. So I'd, I'd seen up through season three, I think, in the past. So it's kind of fun to watch new episodes. Uh, also, still, I mentioned this in the past, but still kind of eerie that 
like three of the main characters are are now you know that have passed away since the the airings of these episodes, and even I guess we'll get to the point now where Finn, the the main male lead of the show, uh, passes away, and they address that in in the show in season five. So it's uh it's kind of crazy, but I don't know. It's it's a fun little show, and we just pick up and watch an episode here, an episode there. Uh, there was one episode that really took me by surprise. I didn't realize this, and I think back to the current events of the world, but it was surrounded around a school shooting where like there was a school shooting at the high school that they're at. And that was around obviously the time that we had a lot of school shootings happening. And um, there's a lot of, you can tell there's a lot of episodes that harken back to things that are happening in the real world at the time. Cause they start talking about them and stuff like that. And that was one of the things, but we were like legitimately shaking up. We're like, okay, we need to stop watching Glee for an hour or so because <laughs> it was just like, it was really scary. Cause they were like, recording each other in the classroom like their final words like for a video that would get out after they were killed and anyways in in typical fashion it was not really a school shooter it was something ridiculous but not really ridiculous but just like something that happened you know one of the teachers brought us a gun into school but then it turns out whatever anyways i don't want to spoil glee for all you all y'all that are watching <laughs> i don't because think anyone cares about glee spoilers no no one's watching glee. it's okay well there's a there's a girl with like down syndrome and she brought the gun in because she's like i need to protect myself because people are going to like hate me i forget what was coming up but um oh with the new with the new coach of the of the cheerleaders and she's like she's really mean to me and like she's gonna make people bully me so i need to like protect myself with this gun and Sue, who is like the mean cheerleader, former cheerleader coach, was like, "No, you can't do that. Like, you need to, you know, you can't address like that." And like talked her down, but she dropped it, and the gun went off as she dropped it. Um, I see. Anyway, that was enough to scare the shit out of everyone. Would have scared the shit out of me. Could have been nothing. It would have scared the shit out of me. So um, <laughs> that's fair. But yes. So Glee, I uh, played a bunch of Overwatch. Actually, more Overwatch than I have ever played before, just to relieve stress and just try to uh, unwind a little bit, which has been good. Um, got all my loot boxes for once. Um, and then I go. played literally two minutes of Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> so I watched Paul play this two minutes of Ghost of Tsushima. And it looked great. And then we're like, he's literally, he enters like this house, like right in the beginning <laughs> of the game, looking for like his gear or something. And then like he couldn't find it. So I'm like, okay, like go out that door. And he's like, what, this door? Okay. And walks towards the door and then like kind of just keeps walking so the character's just like walking into the corner i'm like paul are you good and he's like huh yeah i'm fine i'm fine and then, like literally falling asleep while he's playing I'm like, i okay. was so it's, tired oh my god close your eyes it's it's funny because looking back with the whole wedding thing it's like all of the preparations were just for us which was which was nice it was just so freaking tiring i was like in recovery full recovery for like a week after that but anyway yeah so i was exhausted um i feel like i played I feel like I played some Switch stuff, but I don't think nothing's coming to mind, so it must have not been important. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've been, in a, I've been in a funk with... No, I looked at Hades, and I was like, uh, I don't feel like... Because I got like really far on, on my last run, and then obviously I died, and I have to like get over that cooling period of, like, I'm mad that I died. So <laughs> um, I've fun. been in this weird funk with games where it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know... I don't know. I just I have all these games that I want to play. I think I need to make a list, like you, and uh, make a list of like this is one I want to play the most, and this one I play the you know the least, I guess, but still the most. Um, yeah, and time has been limited lately. So, well, time has not been limited, but I've I've like my head, you know this feeling. I'm like, oh, I could play a game on Switch that I bought, like an indie game that I want to play. Or I could go play Overwatch. So <laughs> Honestly, that's the mood. It's like Overwatch but, is so brainless. It's just like you just play. Yes. Like, I don't have to think. I just I already know. I'm good at it. I don't have to be like, oh, where are the controls? I don't have to explore. Oh, really? Tell it's us about so your easy. new mouse. Anyways, so I've decided that I'm keeping it officially. Um, so I purchased a new gaming mouse because my, my current mouse is, for anyone that is aware of anything about mice, it's the MX Master 3 from Logitech which is a great mouse for productivity stuff. I use it all the time. I obviously am working from home like everyone else or like most people that have or the ability to work from home. Um, but I have been for months now and it's been, it's so nice. It's super comfortable. It like, it just, I don't know. I love this mouse, but it's not great for gaming, which I realized when I started playing Overwatch on PC a little bit. Um, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I, well, actually it wasn't Overwatch. It was uh, Resident Evil 2. I was like trying to shoot these super slow zombies and I'm like, why isn't the mouse like doing what I want it to do? 
And I'd always chalked up me being bad at Overwatch on PC due to just being used to PS4, um, which is partly true. But the mouse tracking was just awful in games, and I didn't realize it until I like legitimately started playing aim-based games like Resident Evil 2. Um, so I started like researching or whatever, and I, I got the G502 Lightspeed, which is like a fancy gaming mouse, um, and it significantly improved my play. Like I did an actual scientific test where I did like back-to-back -back games of death matches and and like the are you Junk a certified scientist event. maybe you said a scientific, scientific test. method but um yeah like i but the difference in my accuracy with the old mouse was like and the new mouse is 10 percent over multiple games that i tested um and i significantly like routinely did better when using the the new mouse so that's good maybe i'll play more overwatch on pc um i mean i wish i can carry my skins over and that would be great but who knows? But I would like to play some competitive on PC just to see how good I am. Just out of curiosity. But anyways. I give you um, I give you a lot of credit. The amount of time you put into assessing this whole mouse situation. It took a few hours and it was fun. Just playing a video game. It was across a couple of days, I think, but yeah. It was maybe it was across a few it was like two days. A couple of days of deliberation. It it's a hundred dollar mouse. That's a big decision to make. You're right. You're right. It, it was. It is, it was. What you beat Hellblade? I did beat Hellblade, which I was oh, going to talk about recently. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so I did play a bunch of Overwatch as well, on mainly on PC. But I have caught Doing up on my, my scientific skins. study. Listen, it was fun, um, and it just it just plays so much nicer with the high FPS. But anyways, um, I started and beat Hellblade, which I don't know if we talked about since our last episode. Hellblade: Send of a Sacrifice. It's only like a ten-hour game. It's super short. It's not too hard, and it's actually really 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 good like i genuinely enjoyed it um it's basically a huge examination to like psychosis um i kind of didn't get it at the end like the ending was a little confusing to me but i read the ending explained and i was like oh okay i, I understand now um but it's it's really 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 well done you have to like play it with headphones on because it uses binaural audio recordings to like stimulate uh, to simulate um schizophrenia so like they literally recorded with like a special microphone that like would record how your human ear would hear a sound and like, like the voice actors was like a, a developer video in the game would like walk around like saying things to you um as you're so like when you hear it it's like really unnerving um but it's really really well done they have like a lot of really cool game mechanics and puzzles and things like that and the combat is not great but the combat's pretty good um i've enjoyed it a lot i think it's it's a worthy title it's on game pass and it's only like 10 hours so it's not like a huge investment so that's really that's interesting. I've I've been wanting to play that game, and then it all, it's also on Switch. You know that, right? Uh, is it? I yeah, it's, know on, that. it's on Switch. So, um, but it is on Game Pass and uh, Hellblade: Senua Saga. Yeah, is the, the sequel. Yeah, and that was announced yes. for Series X. So, yeah, yes. it's it's on it's on my list. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to start that up. Um, I don't it's know. It's not like, like too scary. It's not like a horror horror game, but it's definitely like atmospheric. Like it's it's creepy. Right, right, right. But yeah, and and I've been looking for something that I can like sink my teeth into. Like I was sitting in, I was just like, I want to play a single player game that I can kind of like engross myself into. But I don't know, like something to something to look forward to beating. Like I have Mario 3D All Stars. I've, I've been playing through, um, but I didn't beat any of them. But I'm also like, I've played these games before. Like they're fun to play, but I don't want to like marathon through them and like beat it for the story. Like I know what's gonna happen. So yeah. I, I don't know. I've been in a funk, but maybe I'll maybe I'll give Hellblade a, a try. I didn't know the th whole thing about the spatial audio. Yeah, no, it's really like when you start the game, it says uh, headphones recommended because it's binaural recording or whatever. I did um, not know that. So it's like basically ASMR of these voices in your head, and they're like, "Go back, go back." She doesn't know what she's doing. She's gonna fail, and like just like constantly nagging you. Um, hmm. So it's really cool. like they consulted with people that have all these mental illnesses, like schizophrenia psychosis whenever to like make sure they get a really accurate representation it's really good wow uh but yeah and then obviously i mentioned before i started playing resident evil 2 remake on pc officially um which has been pretty good i've been streaming it as i play um so make sure to subscribe to our twitch if you want to watch me finish it um got some a few good jump scares in there <laughs> that were clipped oh my gosh i saw carla safe. clip that one that was funny <laughs> but honestly uh, that would have been me i would have been dead it was terrifying. I didn't even hear him. He just. Appeared. I would have been. Oh my gosh, that would not have been good. Oh my god. But uh, but it's good. It's 
I, I, I don't remember ever playing the original Resident Evil trilogy, like, with the fixed camera perspectives. I might have, like, tried them at a friend's house one time, um, but the remake is, is very well done, as far as I can tell. The voice acting is a little silly, but whatever. It's not meant to be, like, a super serious game. I was going to say, if you're, if you're playing Resident Evil for the voice acting, then there's a problem. It's very obvious that it's, like, a Japanese personal interpretation of what they think Americans are like. Oh, boy. Like, where the guy, he's shooting, and he's like, what the hell? What's going on here? Like, very oh my silly. God. Like, it's like a zombie approaching him. Like, come on. Uh, but it's good. Uh, I played a few rounds of Hades, which is a lot of fun. I need to, like, actually dedicate time to marathon through it, because I'm not... Not marathon, but, like, play a significant amount, because I, like, will pick it up and play for, like, a round. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Uh, and that's but, why I like it, though, because it, it is just an easy pick up and play. And yeah. there are people that have sunken in hundreds of hours. Maybe maybe that's a little dramatic, but a lot of hours and still haven't, like, yeah. beat it. I don't know if there's a Because even when ending. you do beat it, like, you can just keep beating it. Like, people have, like, played through and, like, finished all to the end multiple times. Because, like, the story still keeps developing. Like, right. the people that you talk to when in the home base or whatever, like, they still have new stuff to say and whatnot. So, right. um, it's good. And then, obviously, we played a bit of Among Us, which was a lot of fun. I did forget that part. Yes, we did. We played that Saturday <laughs> night. I was We yes. played a lot of Among Us. I looked at my Steam, and it was like, last played in the past two weeks, like four hours. I'm like, what? <laughs> we played that long? It's such a fun game. And we played like with a few friends that had like ideas for new modes, where we did like hide and seek, so you announce who the imposter is, but the imposter has like a super low uh, field of view, um, so they have to like find all the people before they finish all the tasks or whatever, which was fun. Um, but yeah, great game. Play Among how Us. How about how the two of us became imposters on more than one occasion? <laughs> it was so good. It was what the imposter cast. <laughs> and it, me and Paul would be like, oh yeah, I was with Paul the whole time. That's so weird. I didn't see him do anything. He's not suspicious as we both were the ones that like were on top of the body. Uh, right. But anyways. Oh my God. Super fun game. Definitely find a group to play Among Us with. Um, or join our Discord. Maybe you can play with us. Who knows? Literally. Yes, um, you could. Right? Um, I finished Legend of Korra. I don't know if I talked about that last episode, but that's officially done. It was great, as always. Um, and Bob's Burgers is back, so I've been catching up on that. And then I, I didn't realize Bob's Burgers was back. Yeah. It's fall, fall TV season, which I know, I didn't realize it was back either, but then I was like, oh yeah, it is fall, huh? Like, I forgot that TV shows come back in the fall, <laughs> or that there were TV shows at all. Um, <laughs> but yes, Bob's Burgers is back, which is good. And then I watched a bunch of horror movies. Um, not all of them were great. In fact, most of them were bad, but it's fine. Oh, my <laughs> um, God. So I obviously it's October, so I'm like marathoning all these horror movies. Um, a majority of these are on Shudder. Well, three of them are on Shudder. Um, one was on HBO and one I had to purchase. So The Shed was on Shudder, and it was terrible. It's a Shudder original. It's, <laughs> I give it one out of five. It was... I don't even want to go into it. Um, the Wretched or the Wretched was also a Shutter original. It was two and a half out of five. I would give it. Um, it was good, but it was very like, was it a, D- a Disney original, like a Disney Channel original movie at one point? And then they're like, hmm, what if we put a ghost in here? Um, and then Ready or Not, which was actually a uh, on my list for a while. This came out like last year in theaters, uh, and I didn't get to see it. It's on HBO now. It is really really good. Four out of five. I would give it. Um, it's a not necessarily horror as much as it is like a comedy kind of thriller um it's a lot of fun i would highly recommend it uh relic which came out earlier like it came out right before the pandemic hit so it didn't really get the wide release that it should have gotten uh, so i had to buy this one on premium on demand but it was okay it's weird because it was produced by the russo brothers and also jake gyllenhaal which is very strange but it's like an australian horror movie and i I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. It was one of those, like, art house movies that's like, the real ghost is the depression inside you. And I'm like, shut up. Like, no, give me a demon. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, not to, like, spoil it, but whatever. Um, And then the Mortuary Collection is uh, a Shudder original that I give 3.5 out of 5. It was a lot of fun. Um, It's very silly, goofy, like, anthology where this mortician is giving, like, these stories of how all these people died, but it's always, like, weird circumstances. Um, But it was good. I... I would recommend it as a, a silly, if not gory, little horror flick. But yeah, that is that is it for me. Now we're like 25 minutes into the episode, and we have so I know, much news right? to get through. Uh, we did make a Discord. Did you talk about that? I mean, you mentioned it before. but Yes, so we officially have a Discord, um, which you all are more than welcome to join. It is for all people who are listeners of the podcast, subscribers on Twitch, etc., etc. 
Um, the link to said Discord is in the bio on all of our social media accounts. Um, so if you want the invite, go ahead and look us up on Twitter or Instagram or on our website or on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. It should be in the bio everywhere. Um, and you'll be able to join it that way. And we do have one rule, and it's pretty basic, and a lot of other, you know, any other, well, you should be practicing this in everyday life. Don't be an asshole. That's our only rule. So, Right? I think it's pretty easy. And then you can come play Among Us with us, or Overwatch, or get notified of when episodes go live, or when we go live on Twitch, et cetera, et cetera, all that fun stuff. All right. All right. It's marathon time. Let's go. <laughs> all right. I'll start with this first one, because I think, I don't think you've ever watched this show. Throwaway um, news. So, first hot topic in the Disney slash entertainment, well actually kind of mostly entertainment section, uh, Dexter is getting a revival, which no one asked for um, this one comes from IGN.com America's favorite meticulous serial killer Dexter Morgan is making his return in 2021 with a limited series of 10 episodes on Showtime Michael C. Hall returns to, the, uh, to reprise his infamous role, um, Hall joins series showrunner Clyde Phillips who steered the show for the first four seasons, which were the best seasons to be honest, um, it all went downhill after season 4 so, uh, nothing has been mentioned about plot, but there's been some discussion of a potential Dexter reboot as far back as 2014. At the time, Showtime's president, David Nevins, said, If I were to do something, I would want to do Dexter in a new concept and configuration. I want it to feel different, not just a continuation of the old show. Uh, Dexter's final seasons obviously left a sour taste in fans' mouths as it was poor, er, with its poorly received final episode, which I think is rated like the worst series finale of all time, like worse than the, grand, uh, the Game of Thrones finale. So, um, yeah, we'll finale see. wasn't bad. I, I don't know. I, I was okay with it's, it, but I'm saying in terms of how poorly it was I got received, you. I got you. Yes, yes, yes. Like yeah. I didn't think Dexter's finale was like horrific, but also like wasn't good. I, I wasn't like this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I was just like, mm, really? Okay, that's disappointing. Yeah. Anyways, next, Cal Kestis of Jedi Fallen Order fame is coming to Galaxy's Edge in the form of a lightsaber. So this one comes from IGN. Uh, so there was a poll that was done on what, well, here I'll just read directed from IGN. Fans were able to vote on the next lightsaber they'd like to see made available for purchase at Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World and Disneyland, which is still closed. Uh, Disneyland, that is. And Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis from Je Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Anyway, yeah, that's Cal's lightsaber won with 40.79% of the votes, beating out Qui-Gon Jinn at 19.56%, Anakin Skywalker at 12.37%, Lord Corvax at 11.41%, uh, Kenan Jarrus at 9.85%, and Ezra Bridger at 6.02%. 6.02, excuse me. Uh, Cal's lightsaber will be available later next year. It will be the first lightsaber offered at Docs to have originated from a video game and joins other classic sabers inspired by such iconic heroes and villains as Luke Skywalker, Rey, Darth Vader, and more. This is super exciting. Jedi Fallen Order should get the praise that it deserves because that game is fine. Fine? I mean, it's good. Fine <laughs> as in, like, great. fine as in, like, top-notch, like, Oh, like delicious. the finest. Okay. I was like, you're like, it should get the praise it deserves because When you fine. go to fine dining, are you like, mm, are you guys subpar? No, I only want superb dining. Okay. Fine sorry. dining is for losers. Uh, but no, this is really exciting because I think Calcasa's lightsaber is really unique, like, with the having been, like, broken at the end or whatever like yeah i think it's a, it's a cool collector's item and they officially finally released lightsaber hilt stands that i had to like get a custom one off etsy because they didn't make them before so now they have them so oh the one that i you sent can, you yeah yes and so you can display your lightsaber in all its glory um and then figure out where to put the plastic blade because it won't fit on the hilt on the stand right. but, now what they yeah. need to figure out or what they need to do is get bd1 into the droid depot somehow <gasps> um yes which I I saw someone made a fan made Lego BD one and it looked so good so so good so um, BD one was a fantastic droid character uh, which I was gonna say how hard can it be to like not make a good one but then Dio says hello so uh, but anyway. <laughs> Dio was like yeah you're right Dio was he, he wasn't great like he he's still cute it was it was a cute character cute idea but it was so. It wasn't used nearly as much as BB-8 or R2 or C-3PO, so yeah, DO was definitely the lesser, and BD-1 was fantastic throughout the entire game. So yes, BD-1 is um, excellent. Highly I recommend Disney if you're looking for advice. Um, you know, that's a good way to make money. Like you didn't have to make a buildable one to a depot; just make like one that I can buy outright. Right. I got it. I'm in. Um, anyway, moving on. Oscar Isaac 
has moved on from the Star Wars universe to the MCU, he is likely, but like most likely, going to be Moon Knight in Marvel's new original series on Disney+. Plus. Um, this one comes from Deadline. Deadline is hearing in... Uh, he is in negotiations to star as the title character in Moon Knight, the Marvel and Disney Plus series based on the comic book hero. Uh, Jeremy Slater, who developed and wrote Netflix's series adaptation of Umbrella Academy comic books, has been tapped to develop and lead the writing team on the series for the streamer. Um, related, the moon was also confirmed by NASA on the same day to be wet. Coincidence? I think not. Um, Oscar, Isaac. <laughs> Oscar Isaac joins Tatiana Maslany, uh, who was recently tapped to play She-Hulk, and Iman Vellani, who uh, was named to be the new Miss Marvel. Um, in this trio of series that are coming to Disney Plus, so that's super exciting. Um, I love Oscar yeah. Isaac, so it should be good. Yeah, I don't know much about Moon Knight, but from the little bit that I know of Miss Marvel from uh, the Avengers video game, which obviously that's not where she originated, but I am very excited to see her character um, more developed in in the TV show that's coming to Disney Plus. I think that'll be really good because her character yeah. was very, at least how they wrote her in Avengers. Like the game is not good, but her character is good. So. She's very true to her comic book character, which is, that's like the only comic book I've ever actually read was Miss Marvel. Oh, that's um, right. I remember you raving about that years ago. Yeah, and it's so good. And the game is very accurate to her character in the comic book. So I'm, I'm really excited for the show as well. That's cool. So yeah. if we were to talk about Android versus iPhone like we used to back in the day, what phone do you think Charlie Brown would have? Like well, he had an Android phone until it was swiped away and he was forced into the Apple ecosystem, which is not a bad thing. It's absolutely a good thing. But Charlie Brown is only going to be on Apple TV Plus this year, and people are pissed. So um, you didn't like where you got this article from. So uh, uh, You can quote it, and I will tell you momentarily. Ahmed will tell us who published this. Quote, yes. the search for the Great Pumpkin will be happening on Apple TV Plus from now on. Apple TV Plus announced Monday that it secured a deal with the exclusive rights for all things Peanuts as part of a deal with Wild Brain, Peanuts Worldwide, and Lee Mendelssohn Film Productions. As part of the new partnership, the classic Charlie Brown holiday specials won't air on ABC or any other broadcast TV network this year. It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown premiered on CBS in 1966, then moved over to ABC in 2001, where it's aired every year since. This comes from WFAA, by the way. Uh, now, before you say good grief about this development, Apple has confirmed that fans this year will be able to watch A Charlie Brown Christmas, A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown for free for a couple of days on Apple TV+. Apple says it's going to be creating more brand new holiday specials with the Peanuts gang, celebrating Mother's Day, Earth Day, New Year's Eve, and a back-to-school special. So I'm torn on this. I don't really care because I own all of these movies or all of these shorts because I grew up on them. So that was one of like the first Blu-rays that I bought and then I eventually converted them over to digital. So quite frankly, I don't care, but I understand that flipping through TV and going to ABC and seeing a Charlie Brown Christmas or a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving or the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, that is something that I fondly remember of just flipping through TV and coming across it. Like, oh, let's just watch it. Even though we just watched it last week or whatever, you know, keep it on its background noise. So I totally get where people are coming from. People are really upset about this. Apple is going to, I forget what the exact dates were, but they're like allotting two days for each special or two or three days. And I think it's supposed to coincide with like a weekend, but, uh, which is nice. But at the same time, then you got to download Apple TV plus you got to go through and, and go through that whole thing, which obviously is a nice marketing tactic for Apple because then you're like, Oh, what is Apple TV plus? And it's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, making a mother's day special, not too far away. And you're like, ah, yes, sign me up. So <laughs> I'm mad at Apple TV plus because I got a MacBook air for my job which I like because my job's a startup, so it wasn't like a real, like they didn't purchase it for me through a company thing. Like I literally purchased it myself from Best Buy and it's supposed to include a year of Apple TV Plus and guess what I never got? A year of Apple TV Plus. And I called Apple on two separate occasions and they never gave it to me. They were like, it's on your account, we see it. And I'm like, okay, but where? And you should really happened. try harder because when I got my iPhone last year, I got my year of Apple TV Plus. And in fact, they emailed me and said they're extending my free year. Uh, this was over a year ago at this point that I bought this computer, so I don't know if it's going to be a thing anymore, but whatever. I'm just mad at Apple TV Plus in general, but in terms of this, I do I do see the why people are annoyed because it is different. Like Even when you're Netflix or Hulu or whatever, like, I don't know, flipping through TV channels is a different experience than like actively seeking out something that is available on Netflix or Hulu. Like it, Watching Hulu or T Netflix like doesn't feel like watching TV to me. It feels like 
I am sitting down to watch this program now as opposed to like, it's like you're on YouTube, on. like finding stuff. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not flipping through the channels and you happen to come across Charlie Brown or whatever it might be. So exactly. I, I totally get the rage on this and the you know, people that are upset. So, um, I, I can't say that I've, I don't remember the last time I've seen a Charlie Brown special of anything. So it doesn't affect me, but yes. you're doing yourself a disservice. Move on. I probably am. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, also happened in the past three weeks. I think this happened a few days ago, actually. We got our first look at Tom Holland as Nathan Drake on the set of Uncharted. Um, he looks great, I guess. <laughs> he looks like he would in, like, he's in the costume of uh, Nathan Drake in his younger years on the in the games. Um, we also got confirmation that Nolan North was also on set because the same day that Tom Holland tweeted that, and I guess everyone decided to, like, tweet storm, like, social media embargo was kind of lifted on, on their filming. Um we saw Naughty Dog and, and uh, Nolan North tweet out that like pictures with Tom Holland, so you can kind of confirm that his influence is there to drive how Nathan Drake would maybe act in certain situations because he kind of brought the character to life in the first four games. So it's really good because I think that's important to a lot of Uncharted fans, including me and probably you, um, that the spirit of Nathan Drake carries over into the movies. Yes. Um, and also completely random, I just saw on Tom Holland's Instagram that uh, he is officially in Atlanta and has the script for Spider-Man 3, so it is starting filming soon, or has started, but yeah, very exciting stuff. Super, super exciting to see the Uncharted movie starting to come together. We've heard about this movie for so goddamn long, and it's, it's starting to come together. Nolan North, uh, talk about a talented individual, so, um, you know, I I'm sure it'll be great. I hope it's great, at least, um, but we'll see. Spider-Man 3, yes. will the Spider-Verse happen? Stay tuned, we don't know. So we'll Probably. see. Realistically... Tom Holland's script probably doesn't have anything in there about the Spider-Verse or Multiverse if it's happening because he'll spoil it. So um, <laughs> Probably. They probably like give it to him and, like, this is what you're doing today. Rehearse it this morning. Right. <laughs> like, don't give him any advance notice. Oh, my God. So dumb. But, so, yes. on, a f on the past couple episodes, we've talked a lot about Disney Plus, movies moving over, Black Widow getting delayed, Mulan being put on Disney Plus. What we've also talked about is how what's going to happen to Soul. Soul is the only movie that hasn't been pushed out. Obviously, since we've last recorded, news broke that Soul is not only coming to Disney Plus, it's coming to Disney Plus for free. No premium fee, no $30, nothing. December 11th, it's coming to Disney Plus as part of your subscription, which is huge. Huge for me, huge for Ahmed. Hell yeah. Maybe not huge for you guys, but it's huge for us, so you should care about it. So, <laughs> this is obviously Pixar's newest film uh, starring a jazz teacher who... I don't know. I've, I've actually kind of stayed dark on it, but it like looks like he dies, and then you like go through like the the life of his soul. But it talks about it dives into like your soul and what it looks like, what what happens, I guess, after you you pass. Or I don't really know. Details are kind of scarce. We just have a trailer that shows some weird things. So I don't know. I'd rather go in a little more blind. I mean, this almost comes off like an Inside Out type of movie where it's like, oh, let's talk about what's in your head and how your brain works and memories. And I hope that this is more of the same. So I'm super excited. A little over a month and a half away, so very excited about this. Yes, and it has gotten rave, rave reviews so far from the people that have seen it when it was supposed to originally come out this year. Um, I think it's at like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for however Sweet. many few people are there, so that's good. Um, speaking of things that are coming on December 11th, High School Musical, the musical, the Wait. holiday special. It's the same day, I didn't realize. It's the same day, yes. Um is getting a holiday special. Yeah, it's called the holiday special. So if that's not enough to stir up excitement, the holiday special will also feature a first look at the opening performance of season two, uh, which will take on Beauty and the Beast as the in-series musical production and an original song written and performed by Joshua Bassett, who is the lead character. Um, that will be featured in the new season. It is a 45-minute special. Um, I don't think we still have a, a release date for season two just yet, but um, very exciting stuff. Y'all can all judge. The show was so good. I was so happy with it. <laughs> it is oh, good. I like that too. I know. I'm not judging. There. They're like, oh my god, High School Musical, you're a grown-ass adult. And what about it? True. <laughs> Speaking still, of... We still buy toys. It's fine. <laughs> you're right. Speaking of being babies, um, Mandalorian Season 2 comes out this Friday. Baby Yoda's back. Let's go. I'm oh so gosh. excited. Speaking of buying toys, we were just so... Uh, we were talking about droids and making droids, and Lauren is very regretful for not making a droid. So next time you talk to her, let her know. Oh, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> I'm so, aware. Talk about, you know, we are in the heat of next-gen season. Next-gen is literally, like, uh, two, weeks away? two weeks away, is it? Let's see. Uh, I think literally two weeks away as of today is when the Xbox You are right. Series, Series X, X comes out. Wait, PS5 comes out on a Thursday? 
When did that happen? Since it was announced. Oh, I didn't realize. That. I thought yeah, it was a Friday. Series- Series X and S comes out November 10th, two weeks from today, and PS5 on November 12th. That is insane. So we are in full-blown hype mode for next-gen. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Today was the press day for PS5. Lots and lots of hype everywhere. So, But what was not expected to happen, what happened to me today, Ahmed? Tell us. What did Keanu Reeves drop on us? So Cyberpunk 2077 went gold. We reported on this last time, and we're like, there's no way it's going to be delayed again. And yet... Guess what happened today? It was delayed until 2077. I'm kidding. It was delayed <laughs> until December 10th. Um, so it is coming out officially after uh, a month after the next-gen console launch. Uh, not that the next-gen versions were even going to launch until 2021 anyway, but it has been delayed a full... How many days? 21 days, I think they said. 21 days, yeah. Three weeks. Um, so this one comes directly from Cyberpunk's Twitter account if you want to you wanna read it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so uh, this comes straight from Cyberpunk 2077's Twitter account, like I had said. I saw the um, someone just retweet it. It's like, we have important news to share with you, which is, oh, shit, shit's hitting the fan, duck for cover, a.k.a. there's a <laughs> delay. So this is interesting. We'll talk about this real quick. So they said, hey, everyone, today we've decided to move the release date of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date is December 10th. Most likely there are many emotions and questions in your heads. So first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it, which is interesting. Xbox One, Xbox One X, compatibility on Xbox Series S, compatibility on Xbox Series X, PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5, PC, Stadia. Yeah, that's it. That's nine. So. Yeah. Uh, while working from home. Since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards being almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure that everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone sees says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying that we achieved the gold master some time ago. Passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all the content in it. But it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time that many improvements. Uh, this is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel that we have an amazing game on our hands and are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones. If it ultimately leads to you getting a video game, you'll fall in love with. Yours, Adam Badowski and Marcin Ivanski. There you go with the Polish. It, no, I think it's actually Ivnetsky. Ivnetsky. But if I had to take a guess, it's fine. Um, this is funny, mainly because literally yesterday, someone tweeted at them and said, Hi, before I book the 19th off work tomorrow, can I have full confirmation the game is going to come out that day? No take backsies. And they go, full confirmation, exclamation point, literally yesterday. So There is one, if you scroll down on Twitter replies, it's that, oh shit, here we go again from GTA. And it's <laughs> on, the, on the letterhead of Cyberpunk. It says, yes. hey everyone, here we go again. So... <laughs> There's a quote from Miyamoto, uh, Miyamoto on game delays, and it's like Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. So, I you know look, I I don't I get where they're coming from. I don't think this game's gonna come out in 2020. I <laughs> I I really don't. I, I you know <laughs> there's a lot of news on the sidebar in Twitter right now. John Stewart's getting a new show on on Apple TV Plus. There's a hurricane warning issued for Louisiana as another tropical storm Zeta, I guess, formed into a hurricane. And Wait, was, we already made it through the entire Greek alphabet too? Yeah, anyways. Zeta? It's 2020. Oh, my God. It's 2020. Anyways. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I'm not surprised by this. I, we kind of talked about it. Tongue-in-cheek kind of joked. Uh, and here we are with the, the delay of Cyberpunk. So, I mean, with a game this massive, it's not surprising. There's a lot of uh, pressure on them. Uh, Witcher was a great game. It what didn't have this much publicity. It didn't have this much attention. So it's not surprising that Cyberpunk is just... I mean, everything is Cyberpunk. There's chairs. Your chair. There's a, a Cyberpunk version. There's every, There's so much marketing that it is It is like just, the pinnacle of AAA games. Right. Like. So they don't want to screw this up. I get it. Um, you know, look, I, I'm okay with it. I know people are upset because they wanted to play it like... You know, right on their next gen consoles. Yeah, I was I was one of those people too. I mean, it's we'll play it when we play it. Realistically, you know, it, it'll be cold and and whatever, and and I don't know, play it and it'll be what it's gonna be. Just hope for it's gonna be a great game and whatever they have to do, they'll do. 
yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not concerned about this. This gives me more time to play a bunch of other stuff that's on my backlog that I want to finish before I jump into this because I feel like inevitably I am going to be like in this kind of like how I was with Animal Crossing. Like this is gonna be the Animal Crossing of of winter. Yeah, basically. which which is fine. So yeah, but what uh what did come out today too? Like I was talking about the press uh, previews for PS5. A lot of good um a lot of good coverage on the DualSense. And there's been a lot of pictures about how massive the PS5 is. Not this really news, just kind of rambling. But yeah, the PS5, IGN's got a whole bunch of pictures up. They like compare it to a banana. They compare it to a <laughs> Nintendo Switch that's docked. It's like, it's huge, disgustingly huge. But I mean, also the, whatever. The picture of it next to the Series X, both in horizontal mode, it looks so ugly. Yeah, in horizontal mode. I was yeah. like, ew. <laughs> Anyways, Wh- I'm which the PS5 or the Series X? PS5. Yeah. I mean, the Series X like looks weird in horizontal mode. Like that's not clear that how it was intended. But like, regardless of the orientation of the PS5, it looks not great. Like I'm, I'm still, it still hasn't grown on me. I don't know if it ever will. The PS5. We'll here's some, here's some really nerdy Disney humor. The PS5 looks like something that would be in Spaceship Earth in one of the futuristic rooms where they're like trying <laughs> to depict like futuristic computers. It really does. That's exactly what it looks like. There's like wow, a really it has vivid... wings. Does it fly? <laughs> There's. There's, like, an old banner ad that I remember seeing as a kid, like, on IGN or one of those, like, websites, and it was, like, is this your definition of sexy? And it was, sexy was written, like, papyrus font. And it was, like, this really ugly computer case that was, like, I don't know, supposed to be, like, flashing futuristic, and that's what the PS5 looks like to me, and I can't. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to find that ad anymore. Like, I don't know if anyone else thought it was as funny as I did. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, speaking of the PS5, um, Miles Morales will officially introduce a cat as a playable well not playable but as a as a weapon as a character as an add-on i don't know um this one comes from polygon but it was also kind of all over the internet and from game informers uh review um so we get a bodega cat the cat also named spider-man is found in a backpack hanging in a warehouse miles ends up returning the cat to the bodega owner but after this the cat dons the mask and can be used as a weapon in a fight while mocking bad guys around the cat can leap out of miles's backpack and unleash a harsh swipe I, for one, think this is incredible news. Probably the best news of this whole episode. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Yeah. It looks so, so good. Yeah, um, the cat can like help you with finishers and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's interesting. I, I thought it was super cute. And yes. I am so excited for this game. I am very ready to boot it up and play it. Yes, very, very exciting. Uh, speaking of other exciting things that are happening for the on the Xbox side of things, do you want to... Yeah, sure. Well, I do want to say one other thing. Speaking of delays, we might as well <laughs> cover both delays in one shot. Destruction All Stars, which is supposed to come to PS5 at launch, uh, was delayed mm. to February 2021, and also is coming straight to PS Plus for free. So it comes straight from PlayStation. We've decided to move the game's release from November 2020 to February 2021, where it will be included for two months in PlayStation Plus for at no additional cost. Pre-orders are refunded. Okay, great. I mean, it is what it is. I'm good with free games. This was a game that I thought looked interesting, but I didn't want to pay seventy dollars for. So. Um, I mean, if it's free in February, go 70 off. 70 was how much it was selling for? Next-gen games are $70 now. But was it like a full-priced game like that? Yeah. I figured it was just going to be like a Rocket League kind of thing where it was like 30 it's, or 20. It's full-priced. So wow. Anyways, th- well, I'm glad we're getting it for free. <laughs> this also feeds into the whole, are we going to get PS5 games with PlayStation Plus, which is like, hey, you know, PS5 comes out November 12th, so what's happening? So this kind of leads me to believe that we will be, hopefully. So... Um, pretty cool stuff there. So going back to the exciting stuff, Xbox, like uh, my, uh, like Ahmed said, the Master Chief Collection, excuse me, is going to get enhancements on Series S and Series X. So this one comes from The Verge. Halo, the Master Chief Collection on the Series X and S will run at 120 frames per second in both campaign and multiplayer modes, Microsoft confirmed. Split screen will also receive some improvements, and the game will get 4K support for the Series X. The upgrade will be released... Uh, will be available starting on November 17th, one week after the release of both series uh, both series consoles. Uh, those who currently own the game will receive a free copy. Like if you actually own own it. Oh, oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, free copy. Okay, gotcha of the um, gotcha of the, like the actual license. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, the game is also available on Microsoft's gaming subscription, Xbox Game Pass. So this is super exciting. I think it's going to look great. I mean the upscaling that happened with the xbox one x was really good especially for these games so to see what it's going to look like uh with the series x and s patches will be super cool uh maybe ahmed will finish playing xbox or uh, halo one with me we'll see maybe we'll see <laughs> one day 
it, after Halloween month is over, there's then I can go back so to much games that aren't scary. There's so much Game Pass news. A little bit, yes. So <laughs> jumping right into it, um, Phil Spencer in an interview kind of raised or dropped kind of hints towards maybe there being Game Pass slash xCloud like streaming sticks um, for your TV, no console required in the future. Um, this is all hypothetical. Nothing has been officially confirmed, but he kind of just hints at the idea, which I think is super interesting. Um, so from IGN, I'm just going to quote right here. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has raised the idea of releasing streaming sticks as part of Xbox Game Pass, which could be used to stream games through xCloud after being plugged into a TV. Speaking to Stratchetary, Stratechery? I don't know. Via the bird. Strategery. <laughs> Strategery? That's no, not how you no, say that. No, Stratechery. Stratechery. I don't know. Um, Spencer explained, I think you're going to see lower-priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things uh, that could that somebody might want to just go plug into their TV and go play xCloud. Um, you could imagine us having something that uh, that we just include in the Game Pass subscription that can give you the ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. Um, so this would kind of be a direct competitor to something like Stadia or Amazon Luna or um, I think those are the only two big ones. I, well, there's NVIDIA, whatever that's called, GeForce something. Um, GeForce Now. Um, oh, so this yeah. would be a direct competitor to that. Uh, but obviously, I think with a much better con- or more consistent game library and a more consistent experience, um, I don't know. This is super exciting. Uh, I don't know. Given that I already have like you know Game Pass on my phone, um, you know, ask me how many times I've really used that. But <laughs> it's it's a good. I don't know. I think it's a, a very exciting development because. Now you don't have to like worry about spending the $300 for an all-digital version of the console. You could just get a streaming stick and then play that way. Yeah, this isn't surprising at all. I mean, you think about it, what, maybe they charge like $50 to $100 for like a 4K streaming stick, and which is pretty much what you get for like a Google a Chromecast or anything else, that, or like a Roku or whatever. So yeah. this isn't surprising that you have to buy a controller for $65 and... You're off to the races. So that's like your hundred dollar console right there, hundred and fifty dollar console. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, and then you can. The best part is though, well, this would be tricky, but you could pull it straight out of the TV and bring it to like your friend's house or whatever, and then you know play it like that. Yeah. And I don't know. Very interesting concept. I would not be surprised if this is coming down the road. Their whole thing is like they want people to be able to play everywhere and you know and be as accessible to people as they can. So we will see. Maybe one day they'll bring Game Pass to Switch. Who knows? Maybe. I, I, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. I mean... I feel like if anyone, it would be Nintendo that's like, mm, maybe don't. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think Microsoft would be the one that would be like, no, we should keep them on our systems. I think Nintendo would be the one that's like, let's keep our ecosystems a little bit separate. Right. Um, so, we'll see. You ready to buckle in? I'm ready to buckle in. Upcoming we Game Pass new, stuff. We got new Game Pass stuff coming, so I'm going to read through these as quickly as I can. All right, Carto is coming to console and PC, uh, which is an indie, con- indie ID at Xbox game, October 27th. Day of the Tentacle Remastered, console and PC, October 29th. Five Night at Freddy's, Android console and PC, ID at Xbox, October 29th. Uh, Full Throttle Remastered, console and PC, October 29th. Grim Fandango Remastered, October 29th, uh, console and PC. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Android, ID at Xbox, uh, October 29th. This is interesting. What does ID this- at Xbox mean? ID at Xbox usually means it's. I mean, I see it on the screen here. Usually, ID at Xbox is their indie development program, but I don't know why. Like, PUBG. Why is PUBG and Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, I guess Five Nights at Freddy's is an indie game, but like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it's all well known at this point. But either way, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, the full-fledged game coming to Game Pass on Android through XCloud, taking on PUBG Mobile is very interesting. So it would it'd be interesting to see if people adopt that. Um. Scourgebringer, Android, uh, October 29th. Unruly Heroes, Android console and PC, October 29th. Celeste, which I thought was already on Xbox, but I guess I'm wrong. Uh, Android, oh no, it was Games of Gold, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Celeste, Android console and PC, November 5th. Comanche, Comanche, uh, PC, November 5th. Deep Rock Galactic, Android console and PC, November 5th. Eat Shade. uh, East Shade. Oh, East Shade, (laughs) anyways. (laughs) You can see where my head's at. I'm hungry. Uh, East Shade, <laughs> Android console and PC, November 5th. Knights and Bikes, weird game, weird-ass game. I played this on Switch on November 5th. Ark Survival Evolved, Explorer's Edition, Android console and PC, November 17th. Uh, Am I hallucinating, or wasn't Ark Survival Evolved already available on Game Pass? I feel like I've seen it. I thought it was. I thought it was, too. I think it might only be Maybe it's coming like a different to... edition? Uh, yes. I don't think it's the Explorer's Edition, So, which is weird. but um, And actually, in pretty exciting news we are getting more touch controls on new games on 
uh, Android. So Xbox Touch Controls unlock more ways to play via Cloud Gaming Beta with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate on your Android phone or tablet. Last month, we launched our first game with Touch Controls, Minecraft Dungeons. Big thank you to everyone in the community for your feedback. If you missed it, last week we announced 10 additional games in our library featuring Xbox Touch Controls. Dead Cells, Guacamelee 2, Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice, uh, Hotshot Racing, Killer Instinct, New Super Lucky's Tale, Slay the Spire, Streets of Rage 4, Tell Me Why and Undermine. Not for me at all, but go off if you want to play with Touch Controls. Yeah, no. Touch controls are the hardest no on the planet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very exciting stuff. I, I like now that, well, I don't know, maybe it's convoluted, but I like now that they announce like which, whether it's Android Where or, it's coming or PC to, that yeah. everything's coming to. I wish that it was just unified and you can get access to everything no matter what, but I mean, well, at least console and PC, I understand the difference, but with Android, you're just streaming it, so I don't see why some things would be excluded from that. Yeah. But, who knows? I'm not making decisions here. They don't pay me enough. <laughs> True. All right. Shall we jump into the top news of the past three weeks, I guess? <laughs> I wouldn't our, say top news. Say Cyberpunk is definitely the, uh, definitely the top hot ones, one. but like the biggest, the most fleshed out news kind of thing. I don't know. This one we can discuss in a little bit. So, yeah? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Oh, I don't know. You, like, you <laughs> sound like you're about to say something. All right. The PlayStation 5 UI has finally, finally, finally been revealed. Um, I think this was about a, a week ago that this came out, or maybe two weeks ago. I don't know. Time isn't real anymore. Um, but we got a look at the at the new interface, which, for the most part, remains mostly unchanged from PS4. It's not like a drastic, drastic change, um, but there are a few new features um, and, and a few layout changes to specifically the dashboard, which on PS4, when you uh, held down the PlayStation Home button, you wouldn't be taken all the way home. You'd just get that little quick menu. That's mainly the the newest thing here. So that screen is now called the control center, um, and in it are a bunch of cards. Uh, so this is kind of like I said, new version of the PS4's dashboard has all the usual settings and shortcuts, so you can access quickly, you know, notifications, see downloads, see your friends lists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, turn off the console, all that fun stuff. Um, you also get news and recent media cards. So the first two cards you'll see are, are news and recent media, or at least that's what they showed in the, in the UI reveal video. Um, so you'll be able to see news from from uh, PlayStation, from any games that you follow. Um, so if there's any like special events happening in games, etc., you'll see that there. Uh, recent media will have any uh, recent videos or screenshots that you uh, captured, so that you can easily share them to your social media networks. Um, activity cards are the newest feature and the, kind of the most game-changing thing here. Um, so certain games, optimized games, likely most first-party PS5 titles, uh, will show different in-game activities as cards. So in the example, they're playing Sackboy, um, and you can see different levels in the game and objectives that you didn't fully complete, and it'll show you the progress that you have towards them. So, for example, maybe you beat a level, but you forgot like a, a specific item or something, so you're only at like 66% completion. So you'll see that displayed as a card, and if you click on that card, you can jump directly to that part of the game, to, or to that level, and instantly complete the task. Um, it'll also show you... Uh, well, PS Plus, uh, PS Plus members specifically will get hints in the form of screenshots and videos on how to complete the task, and you'll also see how much time it takes to complete, um, which they noted in the video and made it sound like it was personalized based on your play style. Um, so they can, you know, say, this will take you 15 minutes to complete based on how well you've done the game previously. Um, the hints can also be pinned picture in picture, so you can, like, see a screenshot of where something is and kind of pin it to your corner of your screen so you can play the game and see where you're supposed to go. Um... Now, this is super interesting because now this is just me talking, but my assumption is that for linear games that aren't necessarily open world or level based, so think like an Uncharted game or, or The Last of Us where you can't necessarily just jump to a specific level because it's such a story or narrative driven game, um, that the activity cards will more so be based around trophies. Um, to quote IGN, they kind of summed up my thoughts about this. They said, all of this, of course, raises the question of how much work developers will need to put into designing the bespoke cards for their games versus what data the PS5 can pull from game saves and trophy progress. Um, so I think what we'll end up seeing in a lot of games, and a lot of third-party games specifically, is that this will just be show you like different trophies that you can get, as opposed to like really specific, like an integration like with Sackboy, where it's like, yeah, you have to jump on this part and do this, and you go this specific level to do XYZ, and it was really fleshed out. Um, so we'll see how developers take to that. Uh, do you have any input here, any, any thoughts before I jump into the new... No, I think that no the section. the whole hint thing and showing a video of like what you missed or and and then tailoring that to how long it'll take you and stuff like that, I think that's really cool. And that kind of sets, I mean, 
you know, I guess at a high level, it's like, okay, the Xbox dashboard is going to be largely the same. Um, and then PS5 is like totally different, which I think is just, it's just night and day difference when you look at the two. So I think, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think this will be really good and I, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm just I'm wondering how, how well it'll be, how well it'll be implemented, I guess, is the main concern if there was a concern. Um, but it seems like a yeah, cool feature and so if far. De- and if developers will d- adopt it or not. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But it seems like a cool feature, especially for people that like trophy hunters or completionists like I am in some games where I just need to know where to go and what to do. And I don't feel like, you know, scrolling through a giant um, walkthrough to find out where to go. Um, so it's good. And then this one actually has already kind of surfaced in the PS4, but there's an entirely new party system. Um, so PS4's update 8.0 introduced this to the PS4 because it looks like there's going to be kind of a cross-gen uh, party system. So they're preparing the PS4 for that uh, in a, or ahead of the PS5's launch. So basically, the change is now that parties are persistent um, rather than one-off things. So pr- previously on PS4, you could just start a party, and then if you want to invite random other people, you invited them, and that was it. When you disband the party, that's it. It's over. There's no history of that party. It's just, you know, it's gone. Um, and it's very dynamic. Now, it's kind of a more permanent thing. Think, uh, think Skype or, or Hangouts or like group text messages um, where, let's say, me and Paul are in a party and our friend Susie wants to join the party. Um, if we invite Susie to that party, she will now be in that, me- in that kind of group, like a messaging group, like, and be able to see all of our history in that group, any screenshots or text or anything that we shared in that group. Um, if I met some random person while playing Overwatch and I thought they were really good and I wanted them to play Overwatch with us, I know Overwatch has an in-game chat, but, you know, pretend for this example. Um, we would also have to make a, like, invite them to the existing group or make a new group um, without that person in it because maybe we play with them one time we decide we don't want to play with them anymore. We'd have to make a new group. So it's, it's very annoying to have these kind of persistent groups because I think we've experienced this specifically with Google Hangouts between a bunch of friends where, like, Maybe we have a friend that we don't talk to anymore. And then suddenly we accidentally open that chat and it's a mess. So like it it can be a really serious problem. And people on the PS4 Reddit were losing their minds over this update. And it looks like it is pretty much in place permanent for PS5 Um, because they they kept on saying like now party or, you know, parties are different now in PS5. They're really trying to change the mindset. Um, So it's not ideal, Um, but it is what it is, and we'll see if they change it in the future. Because Sony did respond to the negative feedback and say, like, we hear you, we're listening, we're, we're evaluating. But I doubt that we'll see much change uh, to that system in the future. But anyways, other features introduced besides the new party system, which is obnoxious, are uh, that there will be um, person-in-person, or sorry, person-in-person, picture-in-picture <laughs> screen sharing within parties. So say someone in your party is playing another game and you guys are just chatting, um, that person can screen share and kind of broadcast their gameplay to the entire party. And then you can kind of pin that screen share on top of whatever you're currently playing or doing and watch them play a game and maybe help them through a specific section while you're playing your game, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then if someone in the party is playing a game, I think this is an existing feature, but they advertised like it was a new feature. Uh, you could just join that game uh, session from directly in the control center. So Yeah, that, I think they call that share play right now in uh, PS4. Yes, but I, th- I think with SharePlay, it was more like you would join in order to actually control the game rather than watch or something. Like, I think it was a different integration, whereas this kind of, like, it's just something on the side that you can pin over whatever you're playing. Mm, so it's gotcha. much more advanced, um, but looks cool. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, oh, and then two other things. Screenshots are now much less of a hassle to take. Um, before you had to like press the share button, then you had to specifically se- select whether you wanted a screenshot or a video clip, and maybe the moment was already gone. Uh, this time, it's you can literally have a screenshot overlay and just click and keep you know taking as many screenshots as you want. Um, and all videos will be captured in 4K and screen uh, photos obviously in 4K as well. And then uh, lastly, like I mentioned before, the home screen remains largely unchanged from PS4. It's a very similar layout. But they do separate now games and media apps. So at the very top, there's like two tabs. Um, games will literally show you a home screen of just your games. And then the media tab will presumably, they didn't show it, um, but show you all of the media apps like, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, et cetera, et cetera. I would say, yeah, it does look largely unchanged from PS4, but it also looks new enough to be like, wow, this is like a new thing. 
Yes, it's definitely polished. It's made specifically for 4K screens, um, so it looks the layout is a lot nicer because it's not designed with 1080p in mind. Yeah, um, but yeah, super exciting. When it when the video first hit, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then I watched it. I'm like, okay, this is this is good. <laughs> it'll be like it would have been, you know, it's good to get a little overview, but at the same time, it'll be just as cool to boot it up uh, on day one. Yes, I just wish that consoles nowadays had a persistent like sound when you turn them on like i had to reboot my xbox yesterday because shutter app was like being stupid and like i got to hear like the see the like the zooming in the chip and like the xbox logo come up and hear that like noise whatever the sound is Mm -hmm. and i was like wow i haven't heard this in a while this is pretty cool i don't know i'm just like nostalgic for every time you turn on the gamecube you hear the logo thing but what do you mean a persistent oh like every time you turn on your system yeah as opposed to like it just booting up from rest mode like at least ps4 has that jingle every time you turn it on yeah but the xbox just like oh okay you're here boom boom yeah i know that's boring bring back the old school nostalgia literally i want that ps1 intro where it's like 10 seconds until you get into the game oh my god i don't care about quick resume oh that intro is so good you had time to turn it on run to the bathroom get water and come back Literally. And sometimes it would, like, extend out because the game hadn't fully loaded yet. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, my Anyways. God. <laughs> Very sorry. All right. Now that we've finished all of our news, any any last-minute crazy no. things? I gave news? you I gave you the hurricane news and the, uh, what's his face? <laughs> John, John Stewart. John Stewart. Not John Stamos. Stewart. I don't know. Whatever. There's yeah. an ST. It's all the same. Yeah. So, now we're done. <sighs> All right, cool. Well, this has been a jam-packed episode catching up on three whole weeks of news, which is, in our defense, there was not enough news to have a single episode in the past two weeks. But now that we've gathered it all into one week, um, I'm sure there'll be more exciting news next week as we run up into uh, into the next-gen release. Officially two weeks away. Very exciting stuff. I do have some hot-breaking news. Not good news. Not good news that I want to end off on. Uh, there is a rumor coming doctor from DrDisney.com that the entire cast and crew of Finding Nemo the Musical and Festival of the Lion King have been laid off. Holy shit. Yeah. I wasn't going to care as much if you just ended at at Nemo, but once you said Festival of the Lion King, I'm like, wait a minute. That's Uh, my favorite show. Some more sad news come about uh, at Walt Disney World after it was revealed that citizens of Hollywood... And the crew of Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor were let go. Now word has come out the entire cast and crew of both uh, Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo the Musical have also been laid off. Uh, That is heartbreaking, to say the least. That sucks. Like, are the shows just done now forever? Like, you can't easily recast that. They're huge casts. I don't know. Anyways. 2020 is uh, a shitty place. Don't come here. It really is the worst place. Really All right. Is. Well, on that terrible note, <laughs> anyways, no more breaking news from you. You're, no, you're I know that my mom just texted it to me. So, uh, um, but yeah, that's really shitty. So hopefully it's not true. But let's see what happens. Yeah, hopefully it's just a rumor. But we shall see. Indeed. All right. Well, this has been episode ninety-five of What the Fun Cast. This is Paul Ahmed signing off. Peace.